One of the things I love about circus is that it makes you look at the world around you differently. It makes you look at gravity differently or at the human body or just let you look at the world in a more playful way. Is it necessary? Maybe not. But sure as hell is joyful. And this playfulness is what Henry and Baptiste from Jam Shenanigans will tell you all about. This is episode 3 of the second season of Circus Whispers, a podcast by Tent House for Contemporary Circus, hosted by me, Mike Mouse. Each episode, I interview circus makers who get the opportunity in the Maker for a Week program of Tent to do circus research. This week's Makers for a Week, Henry and Baptiste with Jam Shenanigans. There's this seriousness, but there's this super playfulness in what we do and in everything in life, I think. It's kind of a game, it's kind of something we're playing with. And I think for me it's really about about sharing and celebrating my inner child and the inner child of the audience without, without it being childish. It's such a tool for creativity and for new ideas and new perspectives, so I think that's kind of the core of, of this project for me at least. But first, let's look at a different aspect of the program of Maker for a Week in this Circus Whispers. Namely, the support they get from TENT. I asked Jait Metin, one of the directors of TENT, about it. My role in the TENT collective is, um, uh, first of all, I'm one of the three joint CEOs. Um, and within that I am responsible for the finances and the legal part and the technical part. Uh, besides my role as a CEO, I also uh, help and support makers, um, specifically the makers for a week and the makers for two years. Yesterday I picked them up uh, at the subway station here in Amsterdam North and um, they, uh, I, I saw them standing from a distance, I, I approached them with the car and I saw them with three transparent boxes filled to the edge with toys. So um, it made me very curious uh, what they will do. Um, and then I showed them their studio, um, talked with them uh, about the planning of the week. And this is also something that we already do by email before they arrive. Uh, but um, during the week, I, I check in with them every now and then. So this afternoon, I will definitely go by the studio, see how they're doing, if there's anything they need. Um, if they need me to, I will bring them fresh bread, uh, whatever they need. Um, and on top of that, I um, um, organize the presentation moment. I uh, keep an eye on who is coming. Uh, we invite a lot of people, professionals and non-professionals, to come and watch the show uh, or the presentation. I mean, I do the after talk. So do you make popcorn as well? I don't. I don't. But I do bring some drinks, some beers. <laughs> yeah. And why did Tent choose Henry and Baptiste as makers for a week? When they were still in school. Um, they started this collaboration called Jam Shenanigans and 
if I'm correct, it started as a online thingy. So they, they did playful things uh, while in school, after school hours, they tested things, they tried out things and they made little videos of that and then posted that on their Instagrams. And it was already so uh, fresh and so playful and so funny to watch that um, I started following them. Um, later, uh, they applied for a maker for a week. week and I instantly made the connection with these very playful, very funny videos. And then their application was good. So there was literally no reason anymore to not invite them. So we've got two jugglers, Henry, 24, and Finnish, Baptiste, 22, and Flemish. They brought big boxes stacked with toys in a nice light wooden studio on an industrial park next to a shipyard where they can research for one week. I interviewed them in the kitchen of the studio, sitting on a cozy sofa. Henry is wearing a hoodie with neon pink and green splatter print, and Baptiste is wearing a beige oversized shirt and a fun black beanie. Can you tell me a bit about the research you want to do this week? and? and the playfulness of it. Yeah, maybe I can start with kind of describing where we got the idea. So there's a couple of ideas, but one of them at least is uh, this kind of feeling when we graduated that now we should be adults, we should be serious, right? And uh, and try to think of our life in a, in a way that always pushes us forward in a financial way and, and in, in this kind of capitalistic uh, way of thinking, right? So then we were thinking, how could we still keep this playful kind of a bit like this kid's energy inside us? And then we, we got inspired to, hey, what if we we on purpose juggle with toys that we find in toy stores and uh, secondhand markets and so on and try to still show that we can create something for adults by by being playful still ourselves. How did you guys meet? So we both studied in Codart Circus Arts and uh, I was one year ahead of him. So when I was in second year, but this came to school the first year and then quite quickly we started to uh, practice a bit together juggling and then slowly from there uh, we started to envision uh, working together and 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 so on, yeah. What's the first thing you remember of Henry, of seeing Henry? I think in the beginning I was very mostly remembering him being very impressive with the juggling that he does because I, I come from a youth circus where there wasn't a lot of Diablo that was very like high level and and also I had never met the Finnish person in my in my life so closely. I had been in Finland once, but that it was uh, a a new uh, a new chapter a new world to get used to but it it i figured out after a while that i really like scandinavian people so it's very nice you may wonder just like me where the name jam shenanigans comes from kind of where it came from is this uh, we we called when we were playing or juggling together in school we called it jamming as in uh, when musicians jam together this is where it comes from and then shenanigans is uh, for us was an intriguing word because it's this kind of doing an action without a clear purpose or in a bit this uh, jokey way 
so then we combined these two it was like jamming and jamming what uh, shenanigans since juggling and playfulness is at the core of their research this week we'll talk a lot about how they became a juggler and what's so fun about being a juggler Baptiste discovered it in school, and Henry used to play a Nordic sport called floorball, when one advice changed the course of his life. It is the combination of something that is very much a puzzle, meditation and a creative output. So it's kind of that thing that became super intriguing for me, that it was first more a skill thing, but now it's more a creativity and uh, a meditation for me and... uh, an outlet to talk about myself or to talk about things that I want to address. And and this is now what has become my interest in juggling, I would say. I used to be the goalkeeper, which already involved a lot of coordination with catching the ball uh, with your hands and so on. And then the my coach suggested to me that I should learn to juggle to improve my coordination. Then quite quickly, I realized that this is even more fun than the floorball. So quite ironically, I decided to quit. So <laughs> I, I, I like to make the joke. This I don't know if this is true, but I like to make the joke that from that day onwards, the coach never suggested any goalkeeper to juggle. What's the most fun of being a juggler? Oh, I don't know. Do you have a but it's the clear answer? Maybe you can answer first. Uh, for me, it is it, it it shares the core of what is fun in circus. I think is that a juggler can do so many things. It is undefined what juggling is, or it's my own definition what juggling is. Therefore, I could I could uh, throw a glass in the air and call it juggling, or I could throw a plane, or I could dance with a chair and call it object manipulation i think there is just i ha it's a free language in which i can define for myself what what i am doing and i i can find through the tools i've had before with any new object in the world i could say i could juggle it and uh, this is i think something that i've become very happy with that i i can juggle anything and juggling can be anything and it's such a a free space to working and to create to play with yeah for me it's uh I first of all agree a lot with what Batis said and I, I share the same value but for me it's also a lot about uh, never really reaching the limit kind of and by limit now I meant skill so I feel like there's always all the time something more to learn something more to master and another thing is what I already noticed now that I'm doing is I picked up this uh, candle from the from the table here and already just doing a little manipulation here. It's it's somehow this feeling that, yeah, kind of what Batis said, there's almost anything in a room can be juggled. This made me think of research that has been done some years ago. Did you know that our brain is built in such a way that when we see right angles, like squares and triangles, we associate it with fear and anxiety. But when we look around at round and curved forms and balls, our mind is relaxed and at ease and joyful. So no wonder that juggling has been popular for at least 4,000 years. 
That's right. Thanks to Egyptian drawings found on the tomb of Beni Hassan, dated 4,000 years back, we know that people have been juggling. From the fun in juggling in general, to the playfulness of their research this week. I can show, or like through our research, I want to show that we can all keep our inner child and this playfulness alive with showing that it's a, a useful tool for any age to keep and that it's not something we have to lose when we feel like the society is pushing on us to grow up or to leave it behind because there's something so valuable in it even though even even in the most serious things in life there is a value in in playing in looking at things from different perspectives it's such a tool for creativity and for new ideas and then I came across an interesting concept. I didn't know there was a word for it, or maybe Henry and Baptiste invented a word for the it. It's the verb to jugglify. And this jugglifying happens a lot during their research this week. What is the concept of jugglifying? Kind of what we try to do is that we take the essence of a toy. So let's say this foam glider, for us, we quickly figured the essence is this glide. It has this magical effect that it will, will not want to go on the ground. And then we try to jugglify it. So it's a term we try to use to, to kind of find the possibilities. What are the unconventional ways of throwing this airplane? The different ways to catch it, uh, finding new rhythm with it. For me, jugglifying can be used in two ways. So Henry has used it in one way, but for me, jugglifying is taking a, an object and looking at it from purely a juggling's perspective. So uh, this I mean from the base of juggling. So what we all learn is a three ball cascade or a certain pattern or a certain movement and take any object and see what its, uh, like its uses and how to do that movement. And I think the way we talk about jugglifying, uh, which is, I think, a different way than it's mostly used, is um, that we try to take a toy or an object and jugglify it without losing the essence of the toy. I could take the plane and just do a normal throw as I would do with a club or a diablo or a ball with it, and then I'm jugglifying it pure to the definition of jugglifying. I'm just juggling with a different object. Like I could juggle a three cascade with any object because as long as the size and the weight is okay, let's say it like that. But each object has its own identity and its own specific shape, specific weight, balance, and yeah, its specific essence. And we try to jugglify it with staying through to that so that it opens new possibilities and stays like true to the object so the object has its place to shine and tell its story basically i saw these boxes with all different types of toys are, th are there different categories of toys that you've chosen to research can you tell me a bit more about that yeah so um kind of how we began the research and how we decided what we want to buy is uh, just purely from ideas we got when we were writing applications and uh, trying to figure out the whole uh, idea of the show and since then we've come to realize that there is definitely different categories so for example the the plane is for us a flight toy 
and we also have a little uh, self-flying drone that would fit this category. Then there are toys such as uh, you already saw the race track in there. Yeah, this is maybe more like a ground toy or uh, or a toy that goes from uh, point A to point B. And in in this these kind of ways, we try to categorize them a bit. Many of the ideas that we actually do in this show or like the starting points come from from our childhood dreams or from our, our childhood inspiration. And it is what Henry said. It's about sharing these things that, that we desired as a kid. And when we now look back upon from our perspective in life, it's very, it's very satisfying and very like intriguing to look back on them and to see how I now change my perspective upon them and try to share them from my juggling perspective or my artistic perspective that I now have and share this with an audience to try and s invite them to look back on their desires and their hobbies and their toys and w or whatever it may be from the past and see m are there any connections they have lost and, and why did they stop playing or why did they stop having a connection with this because back then they liked it so maybe there is something missing or something cut off. And how's the process been so far? Was it hard or easy breezy? It's definitely not super easy I think this is at least what I felt the hardest part so far about this week was uh, being able to bring all the all the props we wanted to bring here to Amsterdam from Rotterdam. Uh, <laughs> so the logistical difficulty of uh, of traveling has been the hardest. But in the process itself of being here in a week, how is that for you? For me, uh, like creative process, it's the hardest to. Uh, to set stuff or to 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 go towards a, a clear scene or towards a clear sequence because i think uh, that the topic we have chosen is very wide and can go anywhere uh, and we also have a tons of thousands of ideas that feel we all want to discover them but there's no time or no no money or no space or no toys to try everything that we want so at some point it has to come towards some kind of direction it is really a puzzle on how exactly what is the best decision to reach that goal. These guys just graduated from school and I asked them how do they see themselves in 20 years from now? Yes, it's, uh, it's almost half of my or doubling my age now so oh wow I mean I I dream that by that point, uh, me and Baptiste would have, uh, like our company uh, would be very well established. We've been talking about ideas of uh, um, kind of, f of other people creating shows under our name as well. So we try would Im imagine uh, that Shenanigans could be a bigger, uh, bigger organization in this way. I envision also having done some uh, solo work for myself shows and one big dream of mine has also been to be able to uh, yeah have gathered enough skill that that let's say for example circus schools would ask me to come and direct a group show similarly to how they asked people when we were studying uh, so kind of also giving back in this way as Henry said, have something that is a broader umbrella for social projects, for bigger tent circuses, for street performances, for whatever it, it is that is my desire or our desire as an artistic 
person to, to bring back to the society. Something I ask all makers for a week is how they describe themselves as an animal. I think it's a fun way to get to know them better in a playful way. Henry was looking for the word to describe his spirit animal, and it's a meerkat. When I've been watching videos, they seem like they're kind of all over the place all the time, having a bit hard time focusing, and I somehow identify with this. And maybe for me it's not so much I, I don't move my head in a similar way as the meerkat, but it's more this uh, constantly grabbing onto some object, uh, playing around with it a bit, uh, feeling a bit this... Uh, like having to all the time do something. What about you, Betty? Uh, there's uh, a lot of different animals in my head, but uh, I would say my first answer would have been a meerkat. But um, Wait, you did you know this from each other? Not at all. Wow. But uh, there's like two, like there's a lot more animals that have like specific, um, like treats that are very intriguing to me. I, I as a kid was super fascinated by a chameleon just because of how adapted it is and both in color, speed, range. So I think that's a, a very nice animal I relate to. So uh, anteater, just because um, anteater has some very uh, specific techniques of getting out the ants of the, of the, <laughs> the uh, and yeah, of their nest. And it is very intriguing for me how they are so strategic and, and so involved with using objects and their tongue as an object in a way of getting their stuff done so i think this is very cool cool uh, yeah a cool thing of an animal to have back to the present two days after our interview henry and baptiste presented their research to a small audience benjamin kuitenbrauer aka monkey housemaker of tent was there what i saw on friday and we also spoke about that is is so far they've they, they've gone into they've gone into into playing they have all the toys to play with but what we've not seen yet is their relationship to to that playfulness and there may be struggle with that playfulness and it was really nice to talk with them when we came together we came to the conclusion that that it that they had to make it even more personal and i don't know about you but Talking with Henry and Baptiste surely inspired me to juggleify more things in life. So I asked Benjamin, what will he juggleify in his life? I enjoy the way that the jugglers approach approach everyday objects and, and change their change their meaning. Um, I, I I don't I can't think of a way that I would that I would apply it right now in my life, but but I was somehow very inspired by by the way by their approach to they have these they have these baskets that are just meant to put in laundry but they found out that if you press them together that they and you and you release them they spring up into the air and there's such a wonderful playfulness in just that they have found that out and that they share that with us and to me the such a reminder of of the beauty for me of of circus and the beauty the strength of of this sort of this well the first of all this amazing playfulness of like why wh there's this sort of why not question in everything is like can it also can it also do this that i really appreciate and that i think goes way farther than 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 just playfulness but it's an actual sort of questioning of like sure we use it like that that's how we do it but but we can also but we could also do other things with it so for me it, there's a cool sort of questioning of of norms in there almost if you want to take it sort of so, so maybe next time you'll fold your laundry or you'll do your laundry, you'll do it differently. 
That's a good one. I'll do it for the, because I don't like folding laundry, so I'll I'll juggleify my laundry next time. Nice. This was the third episode of the second season of Circus Whispers. Please subscribe to be the first to hear the next episodes. The next episode is with Harvey Cobb. Thanks very much for listening. We'd love to hear what you think of these series. Drop us a line via tent.eu or message me directly on Insta via Mouse Maike. Circus Whispers is a production of Tent House for Contemporary Circus, hosted, produced and edited by me, Maike Mouse. Big word of thanks to Batis van Bakel and Henry Kangas, Jared Metin, Benjamin Kuitenbrouwer from Tent. The makers of a week in 2022 are Arendt de Jonge, Jorga Lok, Harvey Kopp, Jam Shenanigans, Maria Madeira and Petra and Felix. Tent is supported by the Amsterdam Fonds for the Kunste, Dutch Performing Arts Fund and Prins Bernhard Kulturfonds. More info via tent.eu. Circus Whisper.